All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms To the line, Hughes scores! Here, like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic on all platforms. Go check them out on Twitch for weekly case breaks. Those are a lot of fun. And we are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, all one word, capital C, capital D's, 25% off your first order and free delivery. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. We're both fresh off a little vacation, Chris. You know who else? Speaking of, before we get to, you know I like to do sponsor shoutouts right off the bat. Yep. You know who uses DoorDash? John Garrett. John Garrett, guest of the show this week. Good chat with Cheech. Uh, We already did the conversation, so we'll get to it at the halfway kind of point here before we intro in. But yes, vacations. One of them, I think, is more of a vacation destination than the other, but that's just my personal opinion. That's fair. But... Yeah, let's let's hear. You went to Edmonton. What your first flight? My first flight. Like yeah. I think I, I've said this on the show before, but the last time I flew, I was three, so I don't remember it. I don't have no. I had no clue what to expect on a flight, and it was so funny because I went on the flight. You know, it was fine. Like I checked in, didn't really know what I was doing, but I just kind of you know everything's laid out pretty clearly if you just read the itinerary. But by the way, it was my first time flying. But given the behavior of some of the people on the plane. Mm. You think it was their first time, like ever being out of their house, like not just flying, just we being here? in Bare public. Feet, no, 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 no. Masks. I'm not trying to rip anybody here. Okay. Sorry if you're on my if you're on my flight and you uh, you're listening to this, but man, like they could they say. So, sorry, so they're like, okay, so when you get there, they were like, okay, if you're in this row, this row, enter at the front of the plane. If you're in this row to this row, back of the plane pretty straightforward how could you screw that up like six people come on where i'm supposed to be and they're like yeah i'm in row 32 i'm like this was for row one to like 12 or whatever it was and i was like okay so they, they, they're walking through everybody getting to the back of the plane and then when we're leaving we're we're, we're uh, when we arrive and they're like oh yeah stand up they're like okay so first row stand up and then every row in front like once the row in front of you stands up you stand up as well Literally, like, I swear, the wheels had hardly hit the ground. This this girl behind me just shot up. Like, she was up. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then and then people started filling the aisle, like, as soon as the plane stopped. Like, they just started filling the aisle. And I'm, like, sitting there watching Outer Banks, and I'm like, whatever. This isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not really want to say stuff. I wait till I'm on the podcast, and then I say a lot. But, you know, yeah. I don't like, I don't like to make a scene or anything. Um, Some people just, like... You, know, you just got to relax in that type of yeah. situation. Some people are just antsy, ready to go. I get it if you have like kids, maybe, and you just want to yeah. get them off the airplane yeah, yeah, quick. Fair, like fair. that, I can understand. But the, just travel and, and everything like that, if everyone just chills out quite a bit, yeah. it makes everything a lot easier. And Plus, like you're going on a beautiful vacation to Edmonton, you get to see all the sights. Yes. The street, the, the mall, that's it. <laughs> Whatever else is in Edmonton. Hey, there's a bridge. The bridge is very nice. The bridge is nice. Built well, two you years you ago. Had, you, you had some good meals, you said. You got fantastic two, meals. You, and you saw the mall, too. I did see the mall. Yeah. I hung out with Zach Lang. Shout out to Zach. Really good guy. Drove me around the whole time. He was great. Sounds like a great guy. Yeah. You know, Zach's a good guy. Um, but yeah, we went to Dog Patch, which is Downtown Jay's new restaurant. Downtown Jay's. Fantastic. Like the food is really good. So they have, okay. So basically how it works, they have a bakery and then they have the restaurant and then they have the Nation Network new offices upstairs. And then on top of those offices, there's like a couple suites. Like, oh, wow. For, for, you know, that's where I'm going to stay when I yep. go when I go to uh, work during the trade deadline and stuff. When I'm, I'm back in Edmonton for work, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm very, very excited. Um, even though, I must say, 
So I, I'm walking around and I, I like did a few things. Just like I went to a bouldering gym that was near my apartment because there's not really one around here. Um, so I went there, did that for like the second time in my life. Bouldering's very difficult, but it was it was fun. It's something I'm like learning. Um, did that and then on my way home it was like cold and kind of rainy. And then I saw Zach the next day and I'm like, man, like it's kind of rainy, right? And like when I got there it was sunny. Like I, I was overdressed when I got there. It was like sunny. It was like how it is here. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then Zach was like, yeah, like, I, I think our summer's over. I was like, what? And I look at the weather back home. It's like 22 and Flip sunny. Switch. I'm like, oh, man. And then, you know, you picked me up from the airport. I was like wearing two jackets, yeah. my jeans. I went to Edmonton and bought blue jeans. Surprised I didn't come back with cowboy boots. But yeah, maybe if I go hat. to Calgary, I'll... Uh, Calgary will get you with the boots. Yeah. I don't think Edmonton will get you with the boots like Calgary no. will. You'll yeah. be coming back with cowboy hat. Too. But anyway, so yeah, there was just the people on the plane and then... You know, there was just a few. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Yeah, a little fancy dinner though. They were cooking in front of you. Hibachi grills. Yeah, what they're called. Yeah, I, you know how in the car I said to him like we should we should look it up and learn how to say this before we say it on the show. We yeah. don't really like hibashi hibachi hibashi. I think that's what it's called. Isn't it hibashi? Hibashi sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, we're offending a lot of people right now, but uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was great. We went to Japanese village. Did they flip a shrimp into your mouth. It, no, they he didn't. didn't. Do that? He didn't. But I've heard that some chefs really have that accuracy yeah. where they do that. But no, I didn't. What about lights? They did the onion ring tower, light it on fire? Yes, he That's did. That's cool. That was very cool. Also, one of those. I tried shrimp for the first time That's at right. that Japanese village, which was very funny because I don't know what age I was, but like someone pointed this out to me pretty recently. They're like, because, you know, they asked me if I want something. I'm like, oh, no, I don't like that. They're like, really? They're like, when was the last time you tried it? And I'm thinking back and I'm like. I was probably like seven or eight. Like I wrote off strawberries when I was like eight. And I That's s- ridiculous. I still haven't had a strawberry since I was like oh 10. Maybe. Strawberries are so good. Crossberry, yeah. We drove by Crossberry Farms. We did. Too. I'm going to I'm going to yep. start. I'm trying a lot of new stuff. Give me give me some time. But uh, yeah, tried shrimp and I liked it. So good. I was like, yeah, shrimp's amazing. Yeah. So I was like, OK, well, strawberries are next. Yeah. Strawberries are good, too. Shrimp and strawberries yeah. is, is two foods you should be eating a lot together. Maybe one for dessert or something. Mustard and watermelon. Mustard and watermelon. That's a better mix right there. Yeah, a little sweet and salty with the strawberries and shrimp. <laughs> Worth a shot in the end. I'll try anything once. But yeah, so I was. I think my vacation was a little bit nicer place. Went on a golf trip uh, up on Tuesday. Excellent. Shout out to the folks. Great track. Great track. Whistler Golf Club. Beautiful course. My first time playing like a real legit, nice, expensive course. Nice. And it was it was awesome. Course was great. I uh, had more beers than I did shoot over par, so that was pretty good too. Had a really good, just a unreal game trip. Uh, trip away with the boys uh, just for one night in Whistler it was great. It was great to get away. That's awesome. Especially we're about to crank up here, starting school in a week, so I'm not really excited about that. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah, I know. Uh, not a lot of Canucks news, as you can probably tell by the intro, as per usual. But well, you know well, let's get you on the other side. There's one thing that I wanted to bring up: the okay. Louis Erickson expose. If was, this is news, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the only thing there is. That's the only thing there okay. is. Only Sounds thing. Good. Well, we'll get into the Louis Erickson thing, but I think that you know Canucks talks what people came here for. We got a lot of that here coming up with John Garrett. Cheech joined us, the color analyst for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we're gonna throw to a quick ad break first, and then we'll dive right into the interview with Cheech. A lot of fun, people. I mean, I don't have to tell you that it was a fun conversation with Cheech. It always is. Uh, we dive into a lot of things. Catch up update. We get a mustache update if he's going to shock the world again like he did last year with the white mustache. That's all in the conversation, as well as diving into his one and only shutout with the Vancouver Canucks in 1983. He's going to take us back for that. We're going to talk a lot of Canucks with Cheech. So let's get to the ad break, and then we'll get to the interview on the other side. 
All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 49 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? had the Muddler's Pink Lemonade. That was very good. You need to go get the food, though. The food at the Parallel 49 Street Kitchen, ridiculous. What did we eat that one day? Poutine? cheeseburger, well, I ate it all, waffle fries, and then we got those Korean barbecue wings. Yeah, the spicy chicken burger, that's my go-to. But Delicious. what you do, a little trick for everyone, you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers. Very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van. That's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio. The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash jobs. Squish Beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer. Absolutely crushable. The right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river, camping, whatever you're doing this summer. Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads. Me too. I can drink more than one of those. They're crushable. Which is good. So when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many? More than one. More than one. Unlike last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is a hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try Squish. You can find their original flavors of hard seltzer at BC liquor stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades. My favorite. And you can find those at private liquor stores all across British Columbia. All right, guys, joining us now, returning guest to the show, one of our favorites to get on, John Garrett, better known as Cheech. You know him from the play-by-play broadcast. Cheech, how are you doing so far? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to the season starting. Uh, what is it, three weeks? Uh, a little more than three weeks, I guess, but uh, training camp will start next. Bit. And I'm really looking forward to this season compared to last season because of uh, a regular training camp and some exhibition games. And uh, even though the schedule is not great for the Canucks to start, uh, they get to play and get to compete for positions. And uh, unlike last year where you just go and the season starts and you're almost out of the playoffs for the first two months. <laughs> I, I know, and it's it's going to be interesting to get up to the Abbotsford Center and see you know how that kind of looks for all of us, especially with the AHL team coming in. Uh, I, I kind of want to start there with you because you're someone who's obviously been around the Vancouver hockey market for you know long time, longer than Dave has been alive for sure, my co-host here. But yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with with the AHL team coming to Abbotsford, what's what do you think that's going to do for kind of the hockey market out there in the Fraser Valley? Oh, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be great because uh, they'll have, uh, you know, cheaper tickets. And uh, yet you'll get to see the players who are going to be NHLers and some players who are NHLers who will be back and forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I really think that it's such a big advantage to have your minor league team within driving distance. And you look at the Philadelphia did it for years and, uh, Buffalo and Rochester did it, and Toronto does it now, and Winnipeg does it now, and mm. uh, I, uh, San Jose does it 
their American League team plays in the same building. But I, I think it's, uh, I think it's just a great. Uh, it's a win-win for everybody concerned: the Canucks, uh, the people in Abbotsford, and the Canucks fans. The fans that are want to see both teams. I'm sure the schedule. They'll try to make sure that they're not playing same nights and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think that the fans will be able to watch the future Canucks and uh, the regular Canucks. Now, Chief, they went with Abbotsford Canucks for the name, but we long discussed on this show the many names that were thrown out there. And our favorite was Aces. Did you have one that when the names were coming out that you were like, that's it, that's what they got to be called? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I was hoping, kind of like you say, with the alliteration, the arrows, uh, just because of the famous Abbotsford Air Show. Right. Yes. You know, and, and uh, that's world renowned, and uh, I I thought the Abbotsford Arrows had, had a nice ring to it, but uh, I guess they didn't want the Gordie Howe old WHA Houston Arrows moniker, <laughs> <laughs> and you get to sell the brand twice rather than just one. Yeah, and bringing in the Johnny Canuck logo, what do you think of it? What did you think of it when it kind of got launched there? It's, I I think that's really a good idea. Uh, it's unique. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, characteristic of uh, the Johnny Canuck and uh, the story. And I really think that uh, that or one of the other old Canucks, you know, I'm partial to the Flying V. Mm-hmm. Why not have Abbotsford with the flight? No, no. <laughs> Let's go with Johnny Canuck. Yeah, no, we're hoping that there's going to be like a cool alternate. I know that the, the Comets wore the black uh, flying V sort of with a Comets twist on it. So we're hoping that's going to, you know, something for Abbotsford to have some fun with. Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that like the AHL, you should be able to have a little bit more fun, you know, with kind of the game presentation, the, the jerseys that you get. <laughs> I'm hoping the Canucks and Abbotsford are going to be able to pull something like that. Uh, yeah, and you've got the unlimited budget that you're working with. <laughs> you've never played in the minors before. You try and get sticks, try and get skates, and we're going to have five sets of jerseys. I don't think so. just down the street I know from Vancouver have, now. Yeah, times have changed, but they haven't changed that much. They're not, okay, they can have fun, but you're not going to have a a single night sweater, uh, a throwback for one night, and sell them. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> Well, a good we, idea, though. Yeah, good I mean, idea. Ideas are always good. <laughs> Maybe none of them <laughs> yeah. always happen. Uh, hey, Chi, you mentioned it with what we're going to see this year. You know, a full training camp that you know three days, kind of something a little bit shorter at the same time. But the big thing is preseason games. Like, how important is that compared to what we kind of saw last year, where you know guys like Nate Schmidt, Travis Hamnick, new players that came in, it looked like it was a tough start for them because they weren't able to see game action with their partners, with their line mates that they were playing with. Like, how important is these, I guess, is it seven preseason games are going to get in before the year? Yeah, and uh, I really think that uh, you lose uh, the internal competition too uh, because of the such a short training camp with no exhibition games last year. What, they have one exhibition game last year? Yeah. yeah. That it, it, it was just uh, hard if you, the guy had a big contract and uh, he was going to play no matter what and uh, he was going to get ice time and this way if you've got seven exhibition games and uh, you always have a diamond in the rough someplace that shows up in training camp and uh, all of a sudden and Niels Hoaglander right. uh, would mm-hmm. be uh, you know look at him last year and how 
uh, he earned a spot and, and really showed that he could play and be an impact, impactful player. Uh, and now you get a chance to do that. And you, and you, as you said, you get a chance to mix and match your defense a little bit. And last year, they just didn't have time to do that. And, uh, okay, here's our pairs, here's our lines. Yeah. Um, and the guys were enrolled and hadn't earned them or didn't really fit the role. And uh, I think that now uh, it's more defined going into camp, but there's lots of possibilities. And I think that that really is is the extended training camp. And uh, it's such a benefit. And last year was just a schmazzle. And then this Canucks schedule last year was uh, so front loaded Mm -hmm. that uh, once they got off to, uh, I think the goaltending last year is a perfect example of, uh, okay, you come into camp. Uh, Thatcher doesn't have his new deal yet. Uh, Braden Holpe comes in. He's got great credentials, although he had, didn't have a great year the year before. But you're going, who played the first game of the season? Yeah, Braden Holpe, that's right. Yeah, and to me, that set, sent the wrong message. <laughs> but uh, And they won, and Braden was very good in that game. And uh, I think that the, the thing for me is that uh, now Thatcher is the guy. There's no doubt about that. And you, you go into the season, his confidence will be up. And uh, then you've got uh, the guys coming in and uh, on defense, Travis Hamnick with Quinn Hughes and uh, Elias Pettersson's healthy. And, and you've got uh, the centers. You, you don't have uh, so many fourth line guys mm-hmm. in the third line. You've got a third line that could, uh, can score and uh, I think the Canucks in training camp you'll be able to see that and and you'll be able to get into that first road trip with the feeling that yeah we can win and uh, last year okay they won the first game but uh, it just the defense you could tell they were hesitant they they didn't know Nate Schmidt didn't know his role and I think he'll be a lot better probably this year with Winnipeg and it, mm-hmm. it's uh, a bonus for him to start fresh again but uh, I think that the Canucks have, have done a nice job and uh, working with the cap too you look at the, how they manipulated the cap in the offseason and I think that is uh, a big bonus going into this year yeah moved around quite a bit of things and, and something that you touched on there a little bit was kind of just like the possibilities and interchangeable things that we're going to see with this offense uh you know the specifically kind of the forward groups you know you bring in Dickinson you're going to have pod Colson now in the mix as well uh it just feels like that might be something that they didn't really have last year a lot was kind of options for guys to play in the top six guys to play in the top nine how different do you think that's going to be for Travis Green now to have so many options where you know kind of is it is it Tanner Pearson is it pod Colson is it Hoglander who might play with Horvat like there's you know it's not like last year going into camp we were saying is it Louis Erickson is it Jake for and like this feels like actual top six caliber players they might be playing in the top six this year so how important are those options for a coach do you think oh I think it's great and you look at the and especially once Elias went down last year uh the power play yeah. uh, the options on the power play were so limited uh now uh you look at the power play and how it it has so many different looks on it. And I think that uh, that's going to be a big plus. And naturally, yeah, I'm counting on Elias and I'm counting on Quinn. But if those two play and, and play like they can, and I think they will 
I think training camp last year was another thing, especially for Quinn, because he was so used to playing with Chris Tannis right. that he didn't have time to get acclimated with a, a new guy. And then uh, they started, and uh, you know, was it going to be Alex Edler? Was it going to be Tyler Myers playing with us? And then all of a sudden, Travis Hamnick, is Nate Smith, gonna, and Quinn didn't really know what was going to happen. And, uh, he looked so hesitant and second-guessing himself, especially defensively because he was so used to having Chris Tanna back there. It was so reliable defensively. And then uh, all of a sudden you could see Quinn thinking, well, okay, I can't go with the puck because I'm, I'm missing my defensive responsibilities and he get caught halfway. And, and I think we'll see a much better two-way game from Quinn Hughes this year. Now, Cheech, how much do you think it plays into a goalie's mindset? Because you touched on it a little earlier. Thatcher Demko now knows he's the starter of this team. How much does that affect a goaltender's mindset, just knowing that you're the starter right from the get-go? Oh, it's, it's you look around the league. Uh, it, it's such a... You can play with swagger. You, you've got that confidence going in. And, and you look at uh, Jacob Markstrom when he, he had that... Uh, your backup guy is making, you know, a third of what you're making or even less than that. And, uh, you know that the coach is going to play. You know if you have a bad outing, you're going to play the next one. Uh, you want to have a, a backup goaltender who can spell you off and who can win some games, but uh, you know you're going to be the guy. You know you're going to play. And, and Carey Price and, and, as I said, Jacob Markstrom and, Connor Hellebuck, and you go around the league, and the guys look at Hellebuck last year, and then you look at what happened to Freddie Anderson yeah. last year, when all of a sudden he's not the undisputed king of the hill, and how did he play? And now he's not there anymore. I, I think that that's uh, really uh, the Rangers. They sign their uh, goalie now, their young guy, they signed to a long term contract, but uh, Henrik Lundqvist, while he was there, undisputed guy, and then all of a sudden he's not, and they struggled to get a goalie who could play. The one, one A and one B just doesn't work. You have to have a one A. Right. And I think now Thatcher knows he's the one A, and he's the guy. Jonathan Quick, you know, when he didn't have any uh, doubt that he was the guy, he'd go out and play 60, 65 games and, and win 30, 35. And uh, now it's, uh, they were trying to unload Jonathan quick. So uh, I, Arizona. Now who's going to be Arizona's goalie this year? <laughs> Carter Hutton. I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it's, it's you go around. Uh, uh, Colorado. You know, they, Philip Grubauer, and now he's in Seattle. So what's Colorado going to do in goal? Yeah, it's 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 so strange because it's one-year difference, right, from last year to this year. But what changed so much throughout last season was Demko, you know, taking the reign of being that number one guy. And we've seen goalies, you know, sort of struggle after maybe they get that role a little bit, but some seem to absolutely love it and, you know, want to run with it completely. I mean, Thatcher feels like the guy who's just dialed in mentally and it's going to be the step for him. But he's a guy that, you know, two years ago wasn't really being mentioned a lot in this Vancouver Canucks core. It was all about Pedersen. It was all about Hughes. It was all about Besser. But 
it almost feels like Thatcher Demko might be one of the biggest pieces of this core moving forward because the Canucks are going to need good goaltending. Uh, if you know defense sort of seems like one of the weaker parts, I think they're very strong at forward. They look very strong at goaltender now with Halak and Demko. Is I mean, is he one of the most important pieces of this team moving forward now as one of the core guys? You're asking me. Come on, <laughs> you're asking I'm, the whole. This is a layup, the whole Yeah. Oh, this <laughs> is this is just so easy. Uh, look around the league. I mean, okay, uh, there's teams, the New York Islanders, the Barry Trotz teams, Elaine uh, uh, Vigneault's teams uh, that play that real tight defenses game, and they can make the goalies look better. And, uh, but you look around the league and uh, Edmonton, oh, well, we're, we're a great team. We get all these scores. And uh, then you've got Mike Smith, who is re-signed again. Mike Smith, good regular season. Then playoffs, and Connor Hellebuck, when Winnipeg was winning, Hellebuck was great. And then uh, it's the goalies. The goalies are the key guys. Uh, Jacob Markstrom last year for Calgary was just okay but was he good or was he great no he was okay and he's he's gonna have to be great for calgary to get back into the mix and i think that that's the goaltending spot you can have a great team like uh, to me colorado is a good team washington is a good team uh the teams that are 105 points every year great teams but they have to have the great goaltending and uh, I just, Thatcher has to be the MVP or, you know, Elias or Thatcher or, uh, but Thatcher is going to be, in my opinion, he'll probably be the team MVP. Now, John, they re-signed Ian Clark this offseason, and I know maybe goalie coaches weren't as prominent when you played in the league, but how important do you think it is? was it was it for them to get him re-signed? They were non-existent when I played. <laughs> so we didn't have a goalie coach. Come on. Uh, I, I really think it is uh, a big bonus because uh, he, he's familiar with uh, Thatcher Demko, and Thatcher Demko is familiar with Ian. Uh, Ian works the goalies really hard. Uh, Ian is so thorough in his preparation, uh, so thorough in the repetition. Uh, I... I think that uh, it's a good match and I'm glad the Canucks realized that uh, yeah if once Thatcher resigned make sure that he's not dealing with a new goalie coach and they signed Ian Clark I I think that's uh, went hand in hand once they signed Thatcher that uh, they were going to sign Ian and we heard the only thing was I was thinking that Ian uh, if Florida was Mm. really out uh, to get Ian back with Sergei Bobrovsky mm-hmm. because Bobrovsky struggled so much and he had such great success when Ian had him in Columbus. And I was thinking, okay, they're going to come in and offer Ian just an incredible amount to get him to Florida. But uh, I'm glad the Canucks were able to keep Ian here. Yeah, absolutely. I know that there's going to be a lot of shutouts in the future uh, for Thatcher Demko. But one shutout of the past that I want to bring up, Cheech. March 2nd, 1983, at the Winnipeg Arena. A 3 nothing win for the Vancouver Canucks. Thomas Gredeen scores 13 seconds into the game. And John Garrett gets his first and only shutout for the Vancouver Canucks. Do you remember that game? Yeah, Bill? I do remember that game. I made that Thomas Gredeen goal stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that game because uh, 
uh, my good friend Barry Long got fired uh, right before that game, uh, and uh, Tom Watt took over. And Tom Watt was coaching Winnipeg, just starting to coach Winnipeg at the time. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to prove that it wasn't all the coach's fault, my buddy Barry, <laughs> it wasn't all his fault that he got uh, fired. And uh, the team played really well. And uh, at the time, there wasn't a whole, as many shutouts as there is now. And I played the most NHL games with only one shutout. So there you go. I'm in the record book. <laughs> in the record book. And uh, uh, I remember Tiger Williams went out and cut part of the net out for me. So I, could take <laughs> I think it's still hanging around someplace. I've got it in a box somewhere. Oh, that's awesome. Tiger had uh, quite the game there. I'm just I'm looking through the uh, the score sheet right now. I'm counting 18 minor penalties throughout the game. Uh, two, or sorry, four fighting majors, two game misconducts. That must have been quite the... Uh, a lot of ongoing throughout a shutout of yours, John. Yeah, it was like WHA hockey. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like I was playing with the Minnesota Fighting Saints against the uh, Bobby Hall Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Back to your old <laughs> shutout days there. <laughs> I had a few there. I had a few in the WHA. I remember one year I tied for the lead with five. and mm-hmm. uh, But... Uh, yeah, we had, uh, there was lots of fights in the WHA and then the NHL every now and then you'd have games where, uh, and back then it was, uh, you know, still Philadelphia Flyers, they beat them in the alley mentality and you could get away with it and there was a lot more fighting. So you kept the net. Where's the puck? Did you end up keeping the puck? I do have the puck someplace too, and uh, somebody sent me a VHS of the game. <laughs> wow! So I have the, nice VHS of the game someplace. See, I know what a VHS yeah. is. I don't know if Dave does. He I might do. Be I do. I do. <laughs> I have nothing to play it on, but I've got it down. <laughs> I think it was before Dave's time, but the TVs when they had a VHS in them, like it was just one part. And that was just that was mind-boggling when that first came out. You could oh, have a TV with it attached to it. That was the best thing ever back in the day. Oh, I know. I had one in my garage till like two years ago. <laughs> uh, one of those little portable ones up in the corner of the garage with the VHS in it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> people people wanted to know when we announced that you were coming on the show. They wanted to to get some catch up updates. Of course, Cheech. I know you, you kind of must assume that this question comes throughout uh, throughout every interview that you do. Uh, how's the ketchup been in the off season? Lots of fries, lots of burgers. People need to know this. Yes. Uh, I have a five guys, uh, that is very close to my house. Now I live in Surrey and, uh, there's a five guys, mm. uh, just, uh, I'd say between 72nd and 74th and Scott wrote. Excellent. And, uh, yes. And that's maybe 10 blocks from my house. So I can go and social distance or I can get, DoorDash or skip the dishes and uh, get Five Guys. There's nothing like a Five Guys. Yeah, DoorDash is the way to go. We, uh, I, I live about two minutes away from the one down in kind of South Surrey, White Rock area. So I'm probably, I'm probably spending mm. just as much time mm. as you, if not more. There, uh, <laughs> what's have the thing that I haven't tried, and I've brought this up with people. I haven't tried a hot dog from there yet. Have you had the hot dog from Five Guys? I'm just a burger guy normally when I go. Yeah, uh, you know what I did try from there, which I, I've never tried a hot dog either. I tried a grilled cheese the other day and talk about disappointed. Ooh. Oh, man. Obviously, it's a burger place. 
Yeah. And I'd never get the grilled cheese again. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of these. Uh, have you seen a grilled cheese burger before? Like they'll put a burger between a grilled cheese. You tried one of those yet? Oh, yeah. I've had those. That's got to just yeah, be. I've had those. Dunked in Murph, and I had, uh, Murph and I got into some deal in Calgary one time, uh, this giant burger. And the challenge was to eat <laughs> it. And Murph and I just, we couldn't. But uh, I forget. But it was down by the. Uh, Weston Hotel, there was a bar there, and they challenged Murph and I to come in, and sure enough, no, we had a copious amount of beer, but that burger just sat there. We, <laughs> we ate about a quarter of it. It was gigantic. Yeah. Segwaying perfectly into this next question, um, your favorite road city to eat in, and then your favorite road city in general. I don't know if those two are the same, but favorite one to eat in and favorite one to visit. Oh, uh, it depends on the time of the year, naturally. Mm. But uh, I always like Chicago uh, when the weather's nice. Uh, there's We always stay on Michigan Avenue, and there's lots of places to go and eat. And there's a Shake Shack relatively close by to the hotel. So Shorty and I go there for our pregame all the time. Uh, there's a place called Mother Hubbard that always has the hockey games on. And lots of good greasy food at Mother Hubbard's. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like so, that type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Chicago is is one of my favorite spots to eat at. And there's some nice restaurants, too, that Murph and Shorty drag me to every now and then. <laughs> uh, but uh, Boston is a very nice city in the spring. If you're, I, I've done a bunch of playoff series in Boston. And uh, it, it's gorgeous when the flowers are coming out and you stay down by the where the rink is and you go through Nathaniel Hall and you can mm. walk through Paul Revere's route and all his history around Boston. It's a very nice city to go and visit in the spring. Washington is, is a, a beautiful city too with all the monuments and uh, that sort of stuff. And, and Montreal. They, we always stay in old Montreal. and uh, There's some great eating spots there too. And we, although we usually end up at the casual for <laughs> watch watch hockey games and eat nachos. Yeah, that's good. I think we're we're hoping that our first NHL draft is going to be up here in Montreal. As long as everything kind of trends right, we're hoping to get over there for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but something that you brought up there that you know, you know, a lot of people know that you end up covering a lot of playoff games around the league, not just Vancouver Canucks matches and you've done in the past, but. You've done a ton of games as a color commentator. I'm curious, is there like a couple moments that stuck, like stick out where kind of like the hair just raises up on the back of your neck? Like, have you seen some moments that are just incredible while you've been doing the broadcast? And how do you kind of just like stay on track that you know you're still doing your job while you're seeing this amazing moment happen? Yeah, uh, well, because <laughs> I played for so long too that uh, it's not like playing. Right. Uh, so you don't have that same kind of. Uh, excitement that you would have if you were just doing the broadcast. I know uh, John Shorthouse and I both were so excited with Cody Hodson's goal uh, against Boston after the Bruins had beaten the Canucks. Yeah, game eight. Uh, the first game, yeah, game eight. The first game back in Boston when Cody Hodson got that goal, and it was just uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, I've also, I did a playoff series, Pavel Burry's goal, I think Don Whitman and I did that game together. Uh, and, oh, Mario Lemieux scored uh, against Minnesota, and I think I was doing that game with Bob Cole. 
yeah. And uh, that was just an incredible goal too. So those kind of things. But uh, I don't think that I get as excited as, you know, people think, oh, you get so fired up. Well, it's not like playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're you know, you're away from it, you're removed, it, it, it's great, and the team that you're following, and uh, I'm such a Canuck fan, and uh, when the Canucks do well, uh, uh, you get excited, And uh, but it, it, it's not like playing, and uh, people say, well, oh, you know, you, you must remember that, and yeah, I remember that, but it's not like uh, playing in the Chicago Stadium, or playing in the Boston Garden, or right. playing in Maple Leaf Gardens, or the Montreal Forum, when you, you played in the Montreal Forum and uh, you're playing against Guy Lafleur and uh, uh, you're playing with Dave Keon. And yeah, I mean, it, it's, I remember a game playing uh, Dave Keon's first game back in the NHL with the Hartford Whalers and back in Maple Leaf Gardens and uh, Harold Ballard was still there and we beat Toronto in Toronto. And uh, that kind of thing, you remember more than the broadcast one right. So what you're saying is no broadcast matches up to a 31 save shutout in the Winnipeg Arena, John. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, you kind of mentioned it there a second ago. Like you know, as a guy who's a fan of the team, wants to see see the team succeed. How? What's your excitement level kind of going into this year, especially after kind of what happened last year? I mean, a lot of big moves by Jim Benning to bring in some some real talent and kind of ship out some dead weight. Uh, is the excitement level just something that you kind of you know haven't really felt in a few years here about this Vancouver Canucks team going into this year? Yeah, it is. It is. I, I'm really uh, looking forward to it. I, I think that the team has all the makings of being a really good team. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people have discounted the fact that Oliver Ekman Larson was an all-star for all those years, mm. playing in a market that was anything uh, but exciting. It, you played in Arizona where uh, half the building is empty and you don't know who's owning the team half the time. And it's, it's, uh, nobody cares. As soon as you leave the rink, you're never recognized. Nobody cares about the game. And now, uh, he's coming to a market where, uh, it's going to be hockey again for him. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, Oliver Ackman Larson will be a pleasant surprise. And, uh, I think the pieces are there. I think Thatcher Demko is going to have a great year. I think Elias Patterson is going to be back. Uh, as as much as uh, I absolutely love Newell Brown, I think he's a great guy. I, I think that the team was a little tired of the same voice, and now uh, you have a different voice doing the power play, and I, I, that'll uh, probably help. I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. And I guess kind of final thing as we talk about with the team changing roster, Alex Edler walking away now, heading down to L.A. to play. Uh, that's got to be kind of a strange thing when you're first calling your game and seeing him in a, in a Kings jersey, I'm sure. Eh? Oh, it will be. It will be. And he is, he's one of my all-time favorite Canucks. Yeah. Uh, just go about his business in a quiet manner that uh, he was a great example for uh, any players coming in and you look at the minutes played and everything he did for the franchise. And uh, I know people say he was hurt an awful lot, but uh, he, you knew that when he was hurt, he was hurt mm -hmm. that uh, it wasn't, Oh, well, it's going to uh, uh, 10 days going to be three weeks. Right. If, if Alex Edward was hurt, you knew he was hurt and he'd do everything he could to come back. And uh, he gave it his all. Uh, I'm a big Alex Edward fan, although it, you get to that age where, 
the things he could do offensively and he is skating naturally lost his step and uh, I, I think that the Canucks realized that uh, it was time that he, you couldn't uh, reimburse his uh, career here yep. monetarily uh, to go with his performance on the ice right. anymore and I, I wish him all the best in LA yeah, you know he's going to score that hundred the goal against the Canucks, right? Like he's going to score his career. What you know it's going to be against Vancouver, right, Cheech? Yeah, playing on the power play with Drew Doughty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. All right, final question here, uh, John. You kind of surprised us all last year with the white mustache. Kind of blew a lot of people away. Are you going to look yeah. for the shock and awe this year with the facial hair, or are you going to be back with the white mustache again? Oh, I think I'll come back with the white mustache again. Yeah, that's the I, I think pe- people look at the back of my hockey card and say, oh, yeah, who's he kidding? You know, <laughs> let's, <laughs> at least my hair is good. It's thick. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of silver gray, white now, but at least it's still there. I'm just getting my first few grays here. I'm 28 years old. Should I be worried at 28 or is that kind of the right age to get your first few grays? No, no, you can get some and then you get okay. the dip and you can make it last. Eat <laughs> something and pretend like it's still dark. Okay, well, I'm feeling good about it. I got a lot of hair, just, you know, one or two grays kind of sprinkle in there. Well, it'll freak me out the first few times, that's for sure. That's stress. It's yeah. stress. Oh, you're, you're damn right with that. <laughs> All right, Cheech, well, this has okay. been a blast. I uh, appreciate you coming on yep. the show again and uh, we'll see you at training camp, I guess, in three weeks. Looking forward to it. Yes, always a pleasure. All right, and a massive thank you to all of our sponsors and, of course, to the man himself, John Garrett, for taking the time to chat with us. Felt a little left out on the Five Guys talk, not going to lie, but that's fine. It was a fun chat with Cheech, and we don't really have a ton of Canucks news. I'm pretty tired from that flight. Like, you know what I learned about flying? All right, it was 90 minutes. It was 90 minutes, but... Tops. Flying makes you tired. Like, just having you, you know, like, moving around and stuff and all that, like... It makes you tired. I don't know. I think I'm more tired. I think you drink 30 drinks and play around a golf. Mm. I went drinking for the first time. People want to hear about that. Oh, no. Yeah, I guess we haven't talked y- about that yet. You have to tell me. How did it go? What, you blacked out? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. But you, you know, <laughs> it was great for me. I loved it. Yeah, you were But you were the time. one that was sober and having to kind of be around me when I was... Well, I wasn't sober. That's, yeah, that's true. It just, the drinks hit us very differently. Yes. <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, what did you what did you think? It was your first time out no, there. You said great. it was the drunkest you've ever been in your life. Yeah, after like three drinks, I said that. Yeah. And then I had like Maybe three more. Three. Yeah, no, was... you had six drinks in total. You were feeling it at the end of the night. Yeah, it was great. Stumbling into the bathroom. A little bit. A little bit. A little stumble. I, I didn't stumble. You I were was worried just... about the stairs you said I was... on the way over there. Yeah, those stairs looked intimidating. Three steps. <laughs> yeah, it was three steps. I was like hanging on to stuff. I think I, I told you. I remember this. If you have kids in the room... You probably don't want them listening to this or the car or wherever you're listening to this. Um, I went to the bathroom. And, you know, it was like my second time in the bathroom that night. Yeah. And, you know, some guy walked in and said something to me. And I distinctly remember his face. And I remember him saying something to me. But instantly, I did not hear what he said. And it's not like he whispered it or mumbled or had a mask on. I just, I couldn't, un- like, I couldn't re- 
I remember going back to the table and saying to you, just being like, yeah, some guy in the bathroom said something to me, but I don't even know what he said. And it wasn't, but like he said it clearly. It was a weird, weird thing. And I still don't know what he said. And you were so worried about getting hung over. We had like the full setup for you, Gatorades before you went to bed. Yeah. And I didn't, I was fine. You also asked me if you're going to black out. You had six drinks. So (laughs) I mean, like, I think it takes a few more than six. I didn't uh, know what to to expect. Well, that was the, that was the funny part is I was telling, I was telling, uh, telling some people about that and they were like yeah if you were you know how i was feeling the actual night and then i woke up the next day and all i had was i was tired mm-hmm. like that's like a superpower that you only have till you're like 23 24 that's oh. what those people told me so i gotta i gotta get going here i got a superpower that i don't get hung over really yeah you did you Rarely. did you even get hung over at all from whistler no not one bit i i mean i woke up at I woke up at 10. We were on the road. We had some breakfast. It was all good. I, wow. I didn't even drink the hangover drink that I bought, too. I bought this crazy hangover drink that has like 15,000% of your vitamin B12. I don't know what wow. that does. I think it, it just makes your piss like yellow as, as yellow as possible. But Wait, is it, doesn't yellow mean you're dehydrated? Yeah, that's what I don't get it, but that's what the B, people kept telling me the B12 is going to do to me. What? So I wasn't really sure. I didn't even take the drink anyways. Now I woke up. I feel fine today. That's awesome. Yeah. This is quickly turning into a Faber and Quad shoot the bleep. So it's a good time to plug our Patreon. If you, you like this talk and you want to hear us talk about everything but hockey, go subscribe to the Patreon. We're still re-watching or re-listening to rather our first episode together and reacting to it. We're still mm. going to be doing that series. Just, you know, had a couple, not even vacations. Like I was working in Edmonton. Not much. It was great, but I was working on a golf course talk. Yeah, people. there you go. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't shout even out to, show. Hold on. I got a shout out to Whistler Golf Club. Gave, you already shouted them out. Yeah, but I, they gave me free drinks as well. That's Came true. up to me and said, Louis Erickson bought you these drinks. <laughs> the, the cart girl told us that. We did, he owes I, you money. Yeah, she said, because he owes you money. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then another part, we're walking around in the in the lobby or whatever, grabbing some drinks and some guys like, hey, are you Chris Farber? I said, uh, almost. <laughs> he's like, it's like, oh, the GM said you were going to be here. I said, it's Chris Faber, but you know, close enough. The guy at least put his effort in. And then out of everything, if you're going to like, if you want to like, if we run into you on the street, you want to talk Canucks, this guy brings up Danila Klimovich. Hell yeah. He's like, so what can you tell me about Klimovich? I said, <laughs> hell yeah. We're going to talk Klimovich right now. Like, you know, I thought everyone's just going to ask, you know, what's Pedersen's contract going to be? What's yeah, his contract? Yeah. That seems what everyone just talks about now. But right off the basic, what's Klimovich going to do in camp? I said, hell yeah, dude. Let's let's, let's talk, talk Klimovich. Klimovich. Dude, so, this so is like, did. yeah, people come up to me. They're going to they're gonna say, yeah, so what's the latest on Arthur Silos and Aku oh, Koskenbo? Yeah, that. Or they're going to try and give you a drink now, yeah. now that they hear about you. Uh, no, I mean, like... Honestly, not a lot. To, do we even want to get into the Louis Erickson no, thing a little bit? Like, not really. Okay, Louis. <laughs> here's the too long didn't read. You can go read it if you want. Louis Erickson had an interview in a Swedish newspaper, you know, publication, whatever. Yeah. And you know, we're we don't read Swedish, so we Google translate it. And one of the lines in there that just absolutely cracked me up was the. <laughs> Louis finally feels like the shackles of his career have been let off. Oh. It's like, wow, the Thank shackles in Vancouver? Louis. like yeah. Those $6 million shackles yeah, made like, of pure gold, diamond studded. Exactly. Like, look, man, I'm the biggest Louis fan there is. Like, yeah. hands down, biggest Louis fan in this city. But, man, like, shackles? shackles. <laughs> That's got to just be poorly translated, right? Yeah. There was Sometimes also that line that. that was... What did it say? It was like, Louis doesn't want to talk. And then it, it used the S word, which was so funny. And I was yeah. like, wait, is that what it actually says? <laughs> Interesting translation. Sure. But no, it's it's weird because this is such like a quiet time. Still just waiting for the Pedersen Hughes deals to get yeah. done. Um, I think that's the only story that's really going to pop off until training camp here. I mean, we saw that uh, certain banner of a former number 18 
got uh, taken down from oh, Rogers did it? Arena. Mm. Finally got taken down. And uh, yeah, Jake also got a contract offer in yeah, the KHL. Yeah, Ska, Vasily Puck Holzen's old club. Yeah, and he's probably going to go there and he's going to play for them. That's what Ska does. 816000 US dollars, I think, was yeah. the offer. So what's the league minimum in the KHL? You should know this. There's no freaking league minimum in the KHL. What do you mean? <laughs> probably not. There has to be. I, I bet some people don't even get paid just money to play in the KHL. Oh, come on. I'm telling you, man. I, whatever. Some of those, with all those teams are in the KHL, I bet there's no league minimum. Also, like, there might be a salary cap. I don't understand it at all because Scott <laughs> gets all the players that come over. There's there's no, I don't think there's a full regulations like there is in the NHL. I'm sure that there is. I don't know if they're followed directly from what I've seen in the KHL, especially Scott. They can get away with whatever they want and get whatever player they want. I don't. I don't. Yeah, there's de- there is no salary cap. I don't understand. There there's no there's no minimum KHL salary. Yeah. Wow. Surprised me one bit. This is so funny. Like that, I'm joking, but I'm also serious. I'm reading a KHL statement: the road to the salary cap, and they wrote this in 2019. This is from the KHL talking about each team will have to demonstrate a forecasted budget that includes a minimum level of funding for its players. Yeah, I remember that, and they and I don't think that they have either. They don't. No, they're not a lot there. Of money. That's so funny. Wow. Well, you're on the road to the salary cap. They're on the road to the salary cap. Yeah. Make a Amazon documentary out of that instead Mm -hmm. of the Leafs. Hey, what a quick little prospect report. Oh, good. Since uh, the only thing that we're we're diving into, we're getting into our top 10 now at Canucks Army. Uh, We're working on the prospects report every day. You know, most days we're putting one out. Sometimes if we have a bunch of other articles, we'll skip a day and kind of work our way down. Got to number nine with Yanni Yermo. And uh, Yermo's going to be an interesting one to follow this year. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes in Liga. Uh, I, I want to spend more time watching him this year because last year I spent a good start of the season watching him. Really, nothing really impressed me about Yermo. Like, he could skate for sure. He could definitely skate. But just watching in the in the limited amount of games I saw last year, you know, probably like 5 to 10 total. Just it didn't seem like he was popping off the page at all in the in the Liga. But Heard good things so far about this start to this year, and they're they're firing up in Liga, man. I'm stoked for that, uh, and they're good starts. 8.30 in the morning, no 6 a.m.s yet. It's been great not to, to wake up for, for very many Zlodiev games so far. Those are going to be the tough ones, but I'm excited to watch Yermo develop this year. I've heard good things about his offseason. He looks like he's improved quite a bit, so he came in at number nine on our list, on the Canucks Army list for rankings, and we're working our way down now. It's It's been kind of fun to... Uh, Get back in the prospects list. We got a few people working on a few different stories as well, and counting down down to number one, number one who's going to make a big impact with the Vancouver Canucks next year. I think everyone knows it's going to be Vasily Podkolzin. Koskenvo, not even on the list, not even on the top fifteen. You, you will be. You were lucky to get Silos into the top yeah. fifteen. Lucky, come on, get out of here. He's like top ten. Yeah, in your eyes. Yeah, the only reason he got into the top 15, he wasn't on any of our rankings, but you overpowered everyone and yeah. snuck him into number I'm the 14. boss, man. I'm the boss. That is true. You are the boss. Well, not a lot of Canucks <laughs> news, but you know, we had a really good time with Cheech, man. We like, did. honestly, like, you know, how much fun is it just going with Cheech and, and talk? It was funny when he's running through the goaltenders list. Yes. Bringing up every team and all that. That was goals. so funny. Yeah, just just dudes being dudes, man. Yeah, chat, chat just, just naming hockey players, naming you teams, know, we're, having a we're great time. We're very lucky here at Vancouver with the broadcast team that yes, we have. I mean, to absolutely. have that crew and them to be like, we know how bad media is for jobs and how you're always getting fired and, and yep. companies let people go. But the fact that they've been able to keep 
you know, Cheech, Shorty, and Murph together for that long. It, it's been pretty incredible. We're pretty lucky here yeah. in Vancouver for sure with that. So we're lucky to have him on again, though, too. It was good. So uh, working on some more stuff here. We're probably going to bring some more interviews because, you know, it's a very slow news period. I think a lot of the podcasts kind of moving up kind of, you know, until we get into a, a contract extension for Pedersen and Hughes or something else of newsworthy, it's going to be a lot of uh, interviews kind of moving forward. So we got some things uh some irons in the fire, is that what they say? Irons in the burner. Here we go again. I've put, I've ruined it again. I don't even know what you're trying to say. Iron in the fire? I don't know. Yeah, iron in the fire. Go with that. I don't think that's it either. I don't either. But what did I say? Push the rock down the road last Push week? Push the rock down the road. That makes yes. sense still, but anyways. For your dad. Irons in the burner? I don't know. Anyways, okay, we'll, we'll wrap up there. It's another good good ending to the Canucks conversation show here. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get some Canucks news. And you know, if, if a contract does come for Patterson and Hughes, we're going to go emergency for sure for that. Undoubtedly. Uh, definitely an emergency one for that. I mean, I'm still curious to see if you know one comes before the other or if they both come at the same time. So we'll wrap things up there. Big shout out to Cheech for joining us here on the show. Uh, and like I said, some more interviews coming up uh, on the weekend episode as well. So thank you so much or I guess for my co-host, David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?